0: just
1: the two of we can make it
0: if we try just a- hey guys we're doing uh, something a little different i mean we uh, we want to do more of this and uh, thanks dunk. more of this but uh, just us coming up here and just kind of chatting and uh, having conversation and uh, the passage of scripture we're using but also hey this is your uh, your 6 year anniversary what J- july 6 years holy Fred. holy smokes <laughs> Well, and uh, wow! Around the office, I'm kind of the number guy. I don't, you are the I don't, number uh, guy. I just remember weird things. That is so
1: true. Six years, but
0: six years ago, yeah, I, I, it would have been over, you know, six years ago. But Shelly was still trying to decide, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I always add yeah, this that. I think first, every year. This is the first
1: <laughs> church we've actually come to where we were hired before anybody in the church really knew it. So we were visiting for like a month. Yeah. Which was actually. Really awesome. You still
0: said yes. <laughs> I still said yes. So. That's kudos to you guys. They already yep. knew us. So, and so they came and checked us out. So there's a, uh, there's a passage of scripture. And this is one of my favorite chosen clips. And it's, it's uh, just two guys, Matthew and Philip, walking and uh, having a conversation. And in that conversation, they address uh, some interesting uh, issues. And, and we just want to talk through some of those things uh, as we're just kind of moving forward together, a lot of people ask us questions. We get emails, you know, every uh, every week, I would say every day. And uh, there's a passage of scripture in Mark chapter 6 that I just want to read for us real quick. And we're just going to kind of walk through this, this passage of scripture and uh, just kind of go from there. It says this, and we read this two weeks ago, but verse 6 says, And he was amazed at their unbelief, and then Jesus went... From village to vigil, village to village, teaching the people, and he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. And he told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. And Jesus said, wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you've abandoned those people to their fate. Interesting passage of scripture that in this moment where Jesus has just felt rejection... Jesus has just gone to his hometown and they did not receive him. Jesus is in amazement at their unbelief. And because of that, he can only perform a few miracles. They move from village to village. And then Jesus, in this moment where he could have done a lot of things, he sent out his disciples two by two. He says, listen, what's most important in this hour is that you find someone that you can do life with. And in finding that person that you can do life with, ask each other tough questions, do ministry together, walk together. And the Bible talks about this over and over. You and I are not wired to do life alone, we're not. And the more I isolate myself, the more that I uh, remove myself from situations, the less I'm aware and vulnerable with an individual. Now, we mistake this because we live in this social media world where we got to put everything and anything out there. Not everybody can handle what you're going through. That's good. you got to find someone. Someone that you can walk together in and you could do life together. And this is, for me... Uh, This is awesome and it's difficult at the same time. Why? Because you and I, we're naturally, we're hiders. We want to hide. And so I'm grateful for the friendship that I get to have with Pastor Sean. I'm grateful for the confidence in who he is, knowing who he is, knowing uh, what God has called him to do and to be. And this is what is so important. And the first thing I would say is find someone that you know is for you. What does that mean? That means a lot of things, first and foremost. It means finding someone that's willing to tell you some hard things. Find somebody who tells you something that you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Find someone who doesn't always just tell you the things you do well. Find someone that tells you the things you're not so good at. Find your friends that say there's some things in life you're just not doing too well in. And this is so important as we move forward, as we talk about certain things.
1: Yeah, that's so good. You know, when, I, uh, when Pastor Jamie said, hey, let's re- go through this text together, all of these different things, you know, when I read this text, uh, what, what came to mind, especially in light of Fourth of July, Pastor Jamie, and just, you know, what we're celebrating uh, today was this idea of a war, like this idea of a war, Jesus the general calls out and gathers in His soldiers, the disciples, for their very first at-war mission. Jesus isn't calling people to just be with Him, which we love, don't we? We love to just be with Jesus. Anybody else love to just be with Jesus? I love it. Casey and Andrew singing, Pastor Jamie preaching great messages, turn on some maybe music at home, devotional life, whatever. We love to be with Jesus. But He's also calling people to go. He's calling people to go, not just to be, but to go. Jesus isn't just gathering in this text. He's sending. He's not just gathering. He's sending. The purpose of a Christian is not to be just to be with Jesus. It's to go in the name of Jesus also. Not just to be with Jesus, but to go in the name of Jesus also. For the first time, I was actually reading this text and I'm like, Oh, I'm not really digging this. Like I'm just like this is like yeah. That's why I felt I'm like I'm not really digging this. Guys, listen. For the first time, the disciples of Christ are no longer witnesses to the work of the kingdom. They are now called to be participants of the work of the kingdom. Okay. You hearing that? Yeah. Listen. For the first time, and for the first time, not just witnesses watching ministry done. They're being called. By the one that's been leading them for the year or so that they've been together. To be witnesses if you are. And we both had this moment in our life. Both of us, children of God. Welcome into the house of God. Welcome into the kingdom of God. All of us in this room probably most likely are there. Maybe some of us ready to make that step. At some point, you'll be drafted into his work. You've been called just to be. You've been called
0: to go, to go. Well, I think one of the things that, that Jesus is saying to the disciples that I think he's saying to us today, and it's this question and this identity that we're almost struggling. And I'm not qualified. Yeah. Who am I? Like, who am I? Do you know what I've done? I mean, I, I cannot tell you. I, we, this building would be paid off if I had money every time someone said to me, but you don't know what I've done. You know where I've been. You're not inside my mind. I can't believe the walls are up when I walk through that building. I'm all of these things that people say, disqualifying themselves from the call. It says he gathered them Dude. together and began sending them out. What he doesn't say is, I'm gonna gather you together and now we're gonna start picking apart how bad you are. Yeah, We're going to start picking true. apart the, the fact of what, what you did in your past and why you did it and all your mommy and your daddy issues. Like, let's get through that and then we'll send you out. He doesn't say that. He says, I gathered them together and then I sent them out. No questions asked. And you're like, ooh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty interesting. And what's he do? He gives them authority. Yeah. You and I don't walk in the authority that God has given us because we disqualify ourselves before we ever even go. My wife said this to me the other day. We're just talking about parenting and we're being together. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I'm going to give credit to you because you're the one who said it. It's I at, so good. I love, I love it when it she does so this. Good. We're just talking about raising kids. And we, got, you know, we have a hundred of them. And so... We're just talking about what it's like to raise all of them with different personalities. And I know yeah. there's moments where you sit around and you look at your kids and you're like, how are you from the same two people? Right? You ever, you ever have that moment? Where you're like, you are so like your mom. It's weird. Right? And it's like you, you just have those things. And, and uh, just in this disqualification moment where you're like, am I failing as a parent? Like, man, am I messing my kids up? And she says, you know, we're not called to raise perfect kids. We're called to raise sinners who are in need of a Savior. Yep. So good. And I'm like, wow. Spot on. I'm putting that on a T-shirt. Amen. We're raising sinners. Right? Next time your little two, three, four-year-old does something, you're like, you little sinner, you need a Savior. (laughs) But but the idea is as parents is we got to we got to make our kids perfect yeah. and we Scary. their hair's got to be parted and like we don't want anybody to know that we're we're not figuring out like listen your kids are not perfect they never will be perfect yeah. your your job is not to call And to raise perfect kids, your job is to establish that you as parents, that they need a Savior. You're not the Savior. They're not the Savior. They need Jesus. And the earlier they figure that out, I promise you, as adults, they will not have identity issues at 40, 45, 50 years old. Good, Why? Because good. I can't do this on my own. Yeah. I can't be arrogant to think that I'm, I can figure this out. No, I need Jesus. And that is my job as a parent is to let them know you yeah. need Jesus. At yeah. the end of the day, you need Jesus. Quit striving for perfection. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. Hopefully you're running back to Jesus. Yeah, Amen. And good. so, again, this qualification mindset that I think we have, that I think causes us to stay stunted in our growth and to not go. And yeah. Jesus instantly, that's what he did. He's like, guys, come here, come here, come here, come together, go. Yeah. You you two? You're like, really? Me and him? Yeah. I mean we're opposites. Oh, so right? Opposite. We are so opposite. This is the beauty. That's he so rides true. a bike. I ride a bike. They're just different bikes. Yeah, his
1: motor's a lot bigger you and know lasts what I mean? a lot longer than mine.
0: And Kelly's like, Stop acting like you've always been a motorcycle rider. It's been one week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Babe, that scooter counted. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I rode bikes. Anyway, but we're so different. Very different. That's the beauty of who God calls you to. And who God partners you with, that you get to be yourself and you get to have tough questions. And he didn't in this moment go, hey, grab two other buddies. Go three by three.
1: No, he did yeah. He didn't
0: say four by four. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, two of you. Because if there's a third one, man, there's always going to be two V1. Mm-hmm.
1: Always gonna be a third there's wheel. always
0: going to be a third wheel. Grab another person, go. And then do what? Man, I'm I'm telling you, go and uh, cast out evil spirits. Oh, who's signing up for that <laughs> mission trip? What a whoa! <laughs> I'm hitting the pause button right there. Yeah, you want me and him? I'm pretty sure he's got an evil spirit. Right yeah, now, you know, I've <laughs> seen his like, evil spirit. Yeah, he's seen the evil spirit. And again, that's the qualification side. The qualification is, God, you've called us to do something. Yeah. How do we move forward together? This is the reason the Bible talks about, like, listen, you shouldn't do life alone. You need another person that you can move forward and do life with. And this is what he's talking about. He says two things to him. He said, here's the qualification. I've called you to follow me, and I'm looking for a willingness to obey. What's the qualification? Jesus called, and he asked us to obey. That's it. Here's the two qualifications. He called. Did you answer? That's it. Well, what about, you know, new people party, all this? He called. Are you willing to answer? This is the qualifications. To the woman who had just been, you know, set free, he said, hey, you, you've been set free. Go sin no more. Stop it. Go. Do your thing. Don't sin anymore. Repent. But I've called you. I've called you. Stop disqualifying yourself From the work of what God wants you to do because your past has a story. And your story, God goes, not only do you have a story, I'm going to use that story. I'm going to radically change a generation with your story. (laughs) This is the beauty of it. You think it was for evil and God says, watch this. I'm going to turn it for good. Stop disqualifying yourself. Well, you don't understand where I've been. I don't understand where any of us have been. Mm -hmm. But we all need a Savior. And this is what Jesus is saying.
1: I love the, quali- the, the teamwork qualification. I love it. I love it. I love it. Bef- before, I, before I expound on that, let me say this. My qualification was much different for me than it was for a lot of people. A lot of people are like, my qualification is, you know, I've, I've been a bad person. I've done drugs. I left my wife. I, you know, wasn't here. I wasn't there. All those kind of things. My qualification, and, and Jamie knows my story, and some of you in here know my story. My qualification was the fact that I have dyslexia. And so, uh, as a student, school was extremely hard for me. I remember standing in front of classrooms, in in front of chalkboards, not whiteboards or smartboards, (laughs) and chalkboards, and teachers would ask me to read words or do things, and they would wait while all of my peers laughed at me. And in that moment, God was calling me to get on stages in front of people and preach the gospel. I was like, God, I'm not qualified. I can't do it. My principal at fourth grade told my mom some people just need to dig ditches. It's okay. There's no reason why he needs to move himself in this direction. It's probably not going to work. When I told my elementary and junior high teachers that I went to college and got a Bible college, got a biblical theology degree where you basically study words they're like what <laughs> well, what are you talking about and there's many times still when I get up on the stage in front of a screen certain routines that I have and in those routines the enemy likes to remind me all the time you're disqualified you're disqualified but here's the thing, what I've learned, right, is oftentimes God calls us to do something that we don't feel qualified to do, because he's the one that wants to do it. He doesn't want us to do it. He wants the glory, he wants to be, his light wants to, he wants the light on him and not on us, so that he says, listen, listen, I, I, I get it, I get you feel disqualified in this area of your life. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking Will you, will you obey? I get it doesn't make sense on paper, but will you go? I'll take care of the rest, Sean. Hmm. And so for me to be sitting in front of a crowd of 500 people when I was in, I remember being Matthew, walking with individuals and saying to them, this isn't going to work. Yeah. This is not going to work. And those individuals saying to me, it's not about you. Choose to be obedient, Sean. Amen. Choose to be obedient, Sean. Listen, everyone we read about in the Bible, they were not spectacular people. They're amazing people to us because of one thing that has been said. Obedience. It doesn't make sense, but I'm going to obey. One of the best things that I think that Pastor Jamie's done, and I think that the church also would agree with this statement, was the fact that you hired a number two. (laughs) I mean, I love this concept of teamwork. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. People say to me all the time, Sean, really? You like being called? Stop it. You're not a number two. You're more important than that. I'm like, "Uh, I know I'm important. I'm okay with that. But I think, right, everyone needs a number two. And listen, I think that the best calling God's ever placed on my life was to be a number two. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. I know who I am. I know what God's called me to do. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. All of these kind of things, so, so important. Here's what I know. I'm better with him than I am without him. I'm better with him than I am without him. And I know this. I couldn't do this without him. He couldn't do this without me. Listen, this is a real-life example of Jesus calling two individuals, two by two, to go change the, this world for the kingdom of God. Amen?
0: That's it. Amen? That's it. And I think the, the biggest thing is that we read in this, this verse, verse 8, um, is the urgency. Like if there's anything I want you to feel because I think one of the the instruments the enemy uses is that we have time. I think one of the things that the enemy says is like take your time. We got all the time in the world or that we're not, we don't live in that kind of world and the biggest thing that he's saying in Matthew chapter 6 is there's an urgency in the hour to go. Yeah. And I think the tendency is to be like just let me come and see, let me sit for a while, let me heal. And I think those things are important, but I think we heal as we go. I think we heal as we do. I think we heal as we begin to be involved in, not just sitting back and going, well, one day, one day will we'll be too late. There's an urgency in this moment where it doesn't say, in a couple weeks, go out two by two. He says, "In this moment, there's this urgency where Jesus says to these men, not only that, don't take anything with you, like change of clothes, money. I'll never forget we we were youth pastoring in uh, in Granite City area, and we were leaving. We were going to Omaha." And uh, it was just a difficult season that we were coming out of. And I, I remember this like it was, I mean, I know when it was in March of 2006. But anyway, I'll tell you the specific day. My, my wife will roll her eyes at me. Anyway, uh, the 16th. Anyway, so, so I remember this specific day where we're leaving. And I remember feeling this, this hurt. And God, what are you asking of me? And and I remember the Lord saying, like, as you enter the next season, it's very dependent on how you leave this season. And, and, so and for me, I take for granted, like, we move on, right? So we like, I'm going to leave this job, and I'm going to the next one. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go to the next one, thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. And I realize, like, the, the grass is greener where I water it, right? Yeah. And so I remember this day, and I remember reading this scripture And I took my shoes off behind this church, and I just began to hit them together. And there was something in the physical that was happening that I'm like, I am shaking the dust off. Do you know that when Jesus asked them to take their sandals, it wasn't for the comfort of them wearing sandals. It was that in case someone didn't receive them or welcome them, take your sandals off and brush it off and move on. You know, my biggest problem is sometimes I don't move on and I carry what people have said to me and I carry into the next season of life and I'm not singing who you say I am. I'm singing who other people say I am and I'm believing a lie of what people have spoken in my life. And he's saying what's so significant is take off your sandals, hit them against each other and brush it off and move on. Because there's always going to be someone that doesn't like who you are, doesn't like how you stand, doesn't like how you part your hair, doesn't like where you shop, doesn't like who your mommy or your daddy are. I mean, you could pick apart anybody if you wanted to go there. He's like, don't let that happen. Take your shoes off. And this is why you're carrying. Jesus was a grounder. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Jesus believed in grounding. He's like, listen, I'm not telling you to take your sandals because I need them for your comfort to wear them. My God, you're only taking one set of clothes. You're going to stink. You're not even taking money or food. I'm telling you that in this, listen to this, in this season of life, and it's a season. Mm-hmm. You know why I say this? Because if you go over to Luke 22, Jesus references this moment. Let's read it real quick. Luke, two, I love this. I never in my life had correlated these two passages Jesus references, he says this, and Jesus asks him, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have money, a traveler's bag, or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? This is the question Jesus is asking. And they're like, no, but now. But now. What's he say? Take your money and a traveler's bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. I love this Jesus. (laughs) what's he saying? He's saying, there's a season where I'm asking you to strip everything away and trust me. There's a season where you're holding on to something and you're not letting it go. I'm telling you in this hour, in this urgency moment, let go of it and trust me. But he's going, but there's going to be a moment. There's going to be a moment where I'm saying, grab your stuff. It's time to fight. Grab your friend, grab your swords, start selling some things. You're in a battle and this is not not a weak moment. This is a strong moment. And I'm telling you, grab the stuff and let's go. What season are you in? Because there's some things that God is asking of you. Will you give up the traveler's bag? Will you give up the change of clothes? Will you give up the comfort? And will you follow me in this urgency hour? Will you do it? And if you say no, all we're finding out is where we are in our faith. This is all we're finding out. Because my natural desire, your natural desire, is to choose comfort over obedience. Mm -hmm. Always. Is it wrong to be comfortable? No. I know some of you, you go glamping. I understand it. (laughs) I get it. We want comfort. But there's seasons of life where God says, put that down. Trust me. Put that down. I challenge this. And I used to say it to just a generation, but my goodness, we got to say it to everybody, myself included. I challenge you to start fasting every single day this device. And when I say fast it, I'm saying put it in the fridge if you need to. Put it in a lockbox, Give it to someone you trust and say, hey, listen, today I don't want it. Yeah. I don't, some of the, I'm watching some of the next generation. You're twitching right now. You, you don't have anything. You don't have anything wrong. Your fingers. You don't know what to do. You're feeling. You know that moment where you're like, "Did I just feel a vibration? Did someone just? Did someone just? Did someone just message me? My God! It's no. It's not that. You just naturally get texted all the time. Some of the kids are like texting. What's that? What's
1: that? Yeah. I'm sent a. Snack. And I'm like Tac. What's that? <laughs> TikTok. <Tick-tack. laughs> <laughs> tic-tac. What's
0: that? It don't matter, bro. Something will be new next year. I'm like, Lord, help me. Let me, add, I mean, this is the serious question. Can we let go of the things that we say we're not addicted to? Mm-hmm. And if we can't, we might be addicted to them. It's good. Again, not wrong things. Good things that are replacing God things. Can we do that? This is, this is a charge to us as a church. This is not us saying you. This is us saying us. Can we do this? And if we can't, maybe I'm holding on to. It says in this moment that Jesus called them together and said, all right, boys, you're leaving right now two by two and don't take a thing. Yeah. What about our sandals? All right, take your sandals. But just in case someone doesn't receive you, yeah. someone doesn't welcome you. What is that? That is extreme faith. That is extreme faith with obedience. And this is the, the question for us as a church in this hour. Like, where are we? Where are we as a church? Where are we in this hour of moving forward and doing life aware, together, unashamed, willing to be ourselves despite that it may not be pretty or perfect, like the days of us thinking that we got to have it all together before we see Jesus, those days are gone. It's a lie from the pit of hell. That God wants you as you are, with all your stuff, and he calls you, and he is for you, and he does love you where you are. And there isn't anything you've ever done that will separate you from that love. It's impossible. Good. It's impossible. This is the, the message in this hour. Because not only do you need to hear it, so do your kids. And so do your coworkers. And so do your friends. And so does the guy who feels abandoned. Yeah. That you walked into the gas station and you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to say a word. You know what that word is? That word is hope. That word is love. That word is kindness. Why? Because they feel rejected. That we get to be a voice in this hour. The 4th of July in 2021. If there's anything the last year has taught us is we don't know what tomorrow is. But we know the word of God is true. And we know that the plans of God are true. And the call of God is still for us today.
1: Absolutely. Amen? Yeah, absolutely. Man, it, it's so important that you, it's, it's so important, and this is just incredible that we're having this conversation in the season of where we're at as a church, um, but some of you need to stop thinking of yourself as disciples and need to start thinking of yourself as apostles because this is the transition that's happening in these guys' lives. He's like, listen, for the last year, you've been learners, You've been watching me do my father's work. Now I'm sending you out to go. Now you're apostles. I get it's going to be scary. I get that it's going to be difficult. I get that you're not going to have all the answers, but you need to go. And I'm going to give you, this is the best part, my authority to go. Man, that makes me feel good. I'm going to give you, I mean, we've all seen the Lion King. Little Simba jumps into the hyena house, and he's like trying to scare him. And all of a sudden, they take off and run. And who's behind? Authority. Dad's behind. And so listen, and the cool thing is the fact of where he talks this whole idea of sandals, which is like, what in the world does that even, What, what Right? what is going on there? This whole idea says, I'm going to send you out. I'm going to give you authority to go in and cast out evil spirits. And here's where he sends them. Home. These, this village that they're at. This is, this is the, Israel, this is like the house of God. This is where people already know so many things about God. Where are we going? You're going home. You're going home, and you're going to have a difficult conversation, and the moment is now. This is why I don't want you to pack anything. This is why I don't want you, whoa, I got to study a little bit. Well, hold up, I need to do this real quick. No, 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 it's urgent. Because there is, right? The urgency is, Jesus came, he died on a cross, Jesus is coming, we don't want him to come back, it is urgent. And Christ is asking us, as his apostles, not his disciples anymore, listen, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've been, if you've repented, Pastor Jamie talked about it this month, if you've been baptized, right? Listen, and the whole baptism, we could go, I I just, man, I tell you something. If you've been baptized, now you've been a (laughs) disciple of Jesus Christ, He's like, you got to go. You got to stop. Stop sitting around and learning. I want you to go home, and it's urgent. I want you to go to your family. Like, this is, this is evangelism that I'm not excited about. Yeah. I like friendship evangelism. For sure. Let's get to know each other. Yep. Let's have I coffee. love it. Let's, Let's have, have coffee. coffee yeah. I love it. This is not where we're at. Mm-hmm. I need you to go with every intent creating a conversation where you're asking someone, Hey, Jesus is returning. Yeah. Are you ready for that? This is the conversation that Jesus is wanting. And he says, listen, if they deny you, take your shoes off. To which everybody in this village understands what that means. You know why? Because whenever they leave Israel, whenever they leave this area, whenever they return back to this area, they shake their shoes. Why? Because they don't want paganism to come into their house. And Jesus is like, wait a second, we're going to go to their, where they do it and we're going to do it to them? Yeah. Because when you leave and they see you walk outside and go, it's a sign to me telling, it's a sign to them saying, you know what? There's nothing more I can do for you. You've made up your mind. Damnation is now yours. Urgency. Listen, I told my wife, I said, as we were driving and talking about this, I said, I don't know if I live with that urgency anymore. I don't get me wrong, I don't want to be the preacher on the, in the street corner with the bullhorn screaming out like repent, get right with God. And nor does Jesus, I don't think, because like Pastor Jamie said, seasons, he's sending them home. People they know, familiarity. You need to go have some hard conversations. You need to lay it out on the table. You need to find out what decision they're going to come to. Listen, we have to, because we have the authority of Jesus Christ, and we're going to do it in faith, and it's going to take just obedience. We're not going to share what the outcome is, and we're going to do it two by two. Praise the Lord. We're not going to do it alone,
0: Amen.
1: right? Listen, we got to stop thinking disciple, because what we've done is we think that apostles just up here on stages behind microphones, and guys that... You know, go to college and do it for a living and get paid for it. We're going to pay, we're, we're, we're paying the professionals to be the apostles. And Jesus is like, whoa. Listen, th- this is my opinion. The greatest mission field in America is the workplace in America. And the greatest missionaries going to that workplace every single day are you. And somebody's waiting at your workplace, for difficult conversation. And you need to go in faith, obey with authority, knowing that God is going to,
0: has your back, and is going to take care of you. Oh, and it's going to be messy. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You know why it's going to be messy? Because the first thing it says, and so they went, and what did they do? Telling everyone they met to repent. Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) I'm, yeah, I'm going to work. Hey, I'm going to work on Tuesday. Hey, listen.
0: Hey, you need to repent of your repent. sins. Repent. Get right with God. And then he tells us what comes next. Oh my God. When you repent, the real comes out. So that the next was, and then we cast out many demons. This is where I always let him go into the room first because we go two by two. I'm like, I got your back, bro. You go first. Right oh, here. it's like, listen. When repentance happens. Here's, now the journey begins. Here's, here's though, that what I used to tell students, which is real,
1: which they yeah. don't get this all the time as you youth pastor, which I know you, you know exactly where I'm going You when I say it, right? You know, in the Bible, witchcraft was described as children being disobedient to their parents. So when we think of impure spirits, we yep. think of some, like, dude that's out of control of his body, oh. where actually it's just like, hey, you get it room, together, right? you <laughs> sinner. What's that?
0: Clean your room, would yeah. you? Stop being disobedient witchcraft. to me, you little witchcraft. Funny, you're a little, but true. You right? little sinner, but mean, true. Disobedience to, in the Bible, Jesus described this at the Sermon on the Mount. He's preaching this incredible sermon, and at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Listen, you're, you're in one of two categories. All of you heard me, every single one of you, you just heard what I said, but you're in one of two categories those that you that heard me and listen, and those of you that heard me and disobey. Those are the two categories. It's not saved and unsaved. It's obedience and disobedience. Absolutely. And he says, listen, this is what repentance is. Repentance is I'm wrong. I'm turning from how I used yep. to be. And I'm heading this direction. And what comes next is restoration, wholeness, deliverance. Why? Because what's attached to repentance is transformation and transformation moving forward is change radical change messy in the pit like the prodigal son what changed he came home after being in a pit and he repented and he still smelled like the pit when people repent it's smelly it's messy that's not mud you know what I mean what he's saying. He's like, listen, as a church, if we're embracing pretty Christian church-going people, we're missing the point. This is not pretty. It's messy and it's hard and it's difficult. Why? Because people are hard, difficult and messy. Are we in this for the long haul or are we in this for the numbers?
1: Good.
0: The Lord. There's a question. You know the biggest rebuke that ever happened with King David? The affair, the adultery, the murdering of the husband that he had the affair with? No, the biggest rejection was when David counted his men. And in counting his men, he said, we're good. We got enough. Look at the authority that I go in. We're enough. I can handle this. And God comes in and goes, you think that you can do this on your own and you are so arrogant to think that you're counting numbers and that you're good. I'll strip all of that away. To what? To display my power. To display that I'm in control. To display by it's my authority. It's my authority that you're going in jesus said listen this is what you're doing you're walking in my power you're walking in my authority this is the our church where the free people step up and say yep i'm free not for the sake of going look everybody i'm free and that's important we need to declare that but it's because god has called me and god is moving me in this direction and whom the son has set free, is free indeed. And to remember that, that it's going to get hard and when it gets hard, you are free and free indeed. Second Corinthians says this. For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is,
1: there is freedom. Listen, for for the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love the way this guy changed a little bit and he said this he said this Sean, wherever the spirit is Lord wherever the spirit is Lord that's where there's freedom hear that wherever the spirit is Lord you don't get called by Jesus to be an apostle if the spirit isn't Lord wherever the spirit is Lord, listen for some of us today we need to make the best decision ever. And today we need to give our lives. We need to say Jesus, we need you to be Lord for the first time ever in our life. Because it is urgent. The time is now. The present it has been presented to you right now and you need to make a decision not when you walk out the door, not when it's comfortable. He's saying where the spirit of the Lord is, that's where you're free. Listen. For some of you, you're like, listen. You need to make the decision to say, you know what, God, I'm not gonna, I'm no longer gonna say no. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to that family member. I'm gonna go to that coworker. I'm gonna whatever it is that you've called me to do. I'm gonna go. I, I've I haven't been urgent. I haven't been pursuing others in a way that you want me to do in regards to just salvation and them knowing Christ. And listen, wherever the Spirit is, Lord. That's where there's freedom. So as we sing this song, we need to ask ourselves the question, where is He not Lord? Where does He want to set us free? And, And you're going to be spiritually healed because the message was twofold. You will be spiritually healed, but then some of you are going to be physically healed. Some of you are going to feel you've had a pain in your back for years that you don't know why it's there. And it's because maybe, potentially, I'm not saying always, but this is the message. Don't confuse what I'm saying because I know there's a lot of things that have been said wrongly. That's not where we're going. So don't let that even bump into your mind. But there potentially is an area of your life that you have not surrendered to the Lord. And he wants to bring spiritual healing to that area and he wants to bring physical healing to the area and I'm human I can't speak for God I don't get it all but the message that these guys were bringing was twofold it was not just one and so today when you when you surrender whatever that is to the Lord spiritually you're going to sense a healing and then you might say to yourself what? where did that go? what's going on here? Holy smokes. Oh my goodness. He is God. He is the Savior of the world. He is Jesus. This is why they went two by two because one witness wasn't appropriate. Two witnesses was. It's the Old Testament. Yeah. Listen, some of you, God not just wants to spiritually heal you, today. He also wants to physically hear you. So as we sing this song, and as we have the last two weeks, if you want us or anybody in this house to pray with you, come on down here. We're down here. Or you came with someone, and you're like, I'd like them to pray with me. Reach over, tap them on the shoulder, and say, hey, listen, I need you to pray with me today. I want the Lord to be the Lord of this area of my life.
0: Can can, can I speak to that? Because someone in here just said Like, oh, I hope so-and-so doesn't ask me to pray for him. Mm -hmm. You're like, whoa, 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 I'm not qualified. This is my biggest pet peeve. Especially when you're about to eat dinner. You're like, hey, who wants to pray? And and it's like crickets. Well, you guys have been talking for the last hour, a mile a minute. Your word limit is in. Now all of a sudden we don't want to pray? It's like, what is going on? on? Well, I'm not qualified. I didn't, you know, you're the pastor. You just pray. Like, no, right now someone's going to look at you and say, I want that. Will you pray for me? Stop overthinking Absolutely. the authority that God has given you. Because, listen, if we can't inside here be trained, how will we ever go out there and know what to do? Yeah. Stop being
1: here. Hey, stop being just a disciple, being an apostle. Lay hands on somebody and pray for them. Yeah. Disciples, push it off. I'll let him do it. I'll let them go. Apostles say, bring it on. I know who my, I know where my authority is. I'm going to place faith in it and I'm
0: going to obey yeah. Let's bow our heads please. Jesus thank you so much. God today is not an accidental day. it's not a day of coincidence or chance. this is the day that you've made God this is your word. God, that you had a plan on July 4th, 2021 for us to meet in this moment. Whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it is that we're going through, God, your desire, your plan, your purpose is freedom. That's who you are. That's why where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so Lord, if there's any person in this room that feels bondage, feels the weight or heaviness of guilt and shame. That's not you. You've come to set the captive free. And in you, there is freedom. And so, Lord, we're asking you to do what you already do. We're giving you the authority to do what you do. There's no pressure on us. If you're in this room right now, as we begin to sing this song, there's going to be men and women that are down here. There's going to be men and women that are next to you. If you need someone to pray with you, to agree with you, to talk with you, that is available. No more excuse. Well, maybe no one's going to be there. Nope, we're here. We're ready. We're ready.